This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, and joining me on the line from Calgary is Sherry McMillan, CEO of McMillan Estate Planning, who's coming back to Vancouver with another seminar date to talk about. Sherry, welcome back to the program. Thank you kindly, Sterling. Well, it's good to have you back with us, you much-traveled person. You and your colleagues at McMillan Estate Planning do work not only all across Canada, but you do work all around the world, and that includes Asia and Europe and the United States. You're a very busy organization. We are. um, We're very blessed, of course, as families have grown and evolved in our communities. Uh, They have become international, and so a lot of times they own assets abroad, And they also have children that move abroad, and so it complicates their affairs, obviously. But it's a good travel plan, of course, if your children can go somewhere warm to live, for example. Uh, And then you can visit Mm -hmm. into the future. I wanted to talk to you about something that's on the website, and that, by the way, friends, is MacmillanEstate.com. And right there, right on the masthead of the website, you talk about safeguarding significance. It's a slogan for your firm, Sherry. Tell us about its origins and what it really means. Well, I can share what that actually means by case study, actually, Sterling. And it was in my very early career. I had a really lovely elderly client, and she would always dress up to come to the office to prepare her estate plan. And what she wanted is that her estate plan would be bequest to an adopted daughter she had, and she'd never legally adopted this daughter. And so she had great concern that her family might challenge the estate, of course. So we designed everything in accordance with what she wished for. And it was probably maybe only six months later, she came back to our office and she wanted to confirm that, in fact, the plan would work and it wouldn't be able to be challenged by her family members. And so we reviewed it again, and, and certainly it was designed that way. And this was, I think, my only my second year in my business. So I was still a bit naive that as an estate planner, I would actually have people who would pass on. I don't know how I missed that point, mm-hmm. but I certainly had. And so wonderful Anne, she reached across the boardroom table and she grabbed my hand and she said, Sherry, I want to thank you for helping me, and I want to tell you that I have cancer, and I probably only have a couple months to live. Oh, my. So being as young as I was and ill-prepared, all I could think was, don't cry. You know, don't cry. You're the professional. Sit here and not cry. Mm -hmm. But then Anne did something further. She put her other hand on top of my hand, and she said this to me. Thank you for safeguarding my significance. It means so much to me that my daughter will get the legacy she deserves. Well, then I lost my ever-loving mind, and I bawled like a baby. Of course, of course. <laughs> but thank you for safeguarding my significance, and that stuck with you from that moment forward, right? Yeah, and I knew that's my work. That's what I do. I don't just plan tax. I don't just plan law. I don't just plan how the assets are set up. In in what's the most important is actually that the values and the beliefs and the the reason you've created the wealth, the real meaning behind it is what you're trying to safeguard. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that not just for the moment of passing, and unfortunately in my early career, Anne did pass very early in her planning, but for most of us, 
it's decades and decades into the future that we've created an estate, and we're not using it in the traditional ways that we once did, and that is because we have more. And so you're seeing in the community a big shift. People are doing philanthropic work in their lifetime. They're not waiting until they pass on. Right. Um, you know, just recently, as we saw with Google, um, and Amazon, all these people are making substantial pledges to charity, not when they're gone, today. Yes. And so that they can see the impact that this is going to be having in the community. And they're not only doing it for the community, they're doing it with their own families. We have lots of business owners, for example, who do, um, you know, angel investing in their own children's businesses so that they can see the blessing of that entrepreneurship in their own family unit before they pass on. So we have a completely different point of view of what estate planning is today. It's about life. It isn't about passing. And that's just the backup plan. Hopefully we don't use it for a long time. And so safeguarding our significance becomes exceptionally relevant year by year, too, because as we age and as our family dynamics morph, what happens is what's important to us in our 50s changes in our 60s, and it changes again in our 70s. And so, you know, it's about the plan being alive and growing with you and your desires and goals and beliefs. And then people like us, the lawyers, the accountants that surround you should just be supportive of those goals and objectives. They shouldn't be driving how the plan is done. You should be based on what your life plan is. And so I think it's the right approach in in our society, but unfortunately it hasn't been done this way. You know, historically our lawyers and our accountants told us what to do, but nobody asked us what we want to do. Right. And so there's a huge miss there. So let's find out what you want to do and then we'll build in the legal and tax structure to support it. Yeah, I want to get and to so, I want to get to taxes in a second, but your your wonderful story about your early days in the business and the lingering safeguarding significance uh, motto that stays with you and your company and all of your enterprise. Uh, back to one of Anne's concerns for a moment, if you don't mind, Sherry. She was concerned that there, the the adopted daughter, who was never formally adopted, would receive. That which her mother or parent figure wanted her to receive. And there was concern about other family members quarreling over this decision and this award of resources. Based on your experience, and you've been at this for a while now, since those early days when you bawled like a baby, how often in a situation where an estate perhaps has not been properly planned or thoroughly planned, Sherry, does that circumstance arise when there is a quarrel, sometimes a rather nasty quarrel over a poorly constructed will and and model for estate planning. How often does that happen? Well, the first answer, very scary to answer, is actually 50%. There's an actual reason behind that, if you think about it. Half of us go through a divorce in the community, Mm -hmm. half of us. So if you leave your estate to your child and they go through a divorce, guess what's happening to your estate? It would be, I was just going to say, it'd be halved, wouldn't it? That's right. And so in every single family that we meet at McMillan, that's the risk. It's a 50% chance that we're going to lose value, never mind if people fight, just to that risk alone, just to divorce. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, very valid. And especially if you have more than one child, the odds are not in our favor. The next risk is this, Sterling. We are married more than once in our lifetime our lifespan because we're living so long. So even if you were fortunate enough to be married 40 or 50 years and you lose your spouse, you'll often become involved in a second or third relationship in your life. 
that person has claim over your estate and their bloodline has claim over your estate, even though you may have your own biological family you want it to go to. Sure. And so here's another interruption of the estate going where it's supposed to. So you start to add up these kinds of risks that are practical and rational and they're happening in modern society. We don't actually stand a very good chance of our estate landing where we want it to be unless we are proactive. And that's the key is we can't use the traditional tools we've always used, which was generally speaking for an estate plan, just simply a will. Sure. But all of those risks pop into that situation in that will and basically make it meaningless. And so here you have this desire. I want it to go to, you know, my three children. And I know one of my daughters is experiencing matrimonial problems. Well, we can't use a traditional plan then because we are putting that estate at risk. And what makes it even more challenging for modern families is we often have a lot of sentimental assets nowadays. If we're a successful family, we have a cottage, for example. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, the parents are thinking, okay, well, I want it to go to the three kids. Well, what if one of the kids gets a divorce? Then where does it leave the other kids in sharing this property that they owe a portion of it to an ex? And so these practical things, unfortunately, penetrate almost every family. And it doesn't matter how affluent you've become. These risks are there for us. And so thankfully, um, by being proactive in doing estate planning, not legal planning only, we can circumvent these real practical risks that we're all going to face as we live longer and as life continues to evolve with Tinder and swiping. Interesting stuff. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about that, because it sounds, first of all, that a, a big part of estate planning, once you've identified what the master plan is going to be after you sit down with the client and understand what his and her objectives are, their goals, their aspirations, then you start to put together a plan to eventually achieve all of that. But as life unfolds, as you've just pointed out with some rather unnerving statistics, Sherry, as life unfolds and these changes occur, it's critical to change the plan as life's changes occur to you. Otherwise, you get swept aside, correct? Absolutely. For example, right now we have new legislation going into BC and Alberta about common law. And they're going to be recognized in the same legal platforms as full marriages. Yes. So, you know, that makes some adaptations to how you might have designed before. Um, the other thing that happens is not only does the legal legislation change, but the tax legislation changes as governments shift and change. Mm-hmm. And then families are never static. Um, we go through, you know, illness, divorce, our children marry, remarry, have more children. And so, you know, the family units dynamic morphs as well over time. And so how do you, you know, play Monopoly with this situation appropriately? So what we say is build your foundation. We call ourselves the architect of your estate. And we build the foundation based on the goals and objectives that you have. And then, of course, we build the remainder of the home. But you got to renovate once in a while. So you got to go back into the bathroom and say, you know, this terrible pink we painted, it <laughs> just doesn't work because we have a Trudeau government going on right now. We need to paint it green. And so you have to be able to be maneuvering with these governmental changes that happen and family changes that happen. And one thing I say to my families, especially if they're planning 40 and 50 and onward, is we're living till 100. And so what's fundamentally important when you design your life plan is always put in what we call an exit plan. So let's say you design the bathroom in pink, but later you really don't like it. We don't want you to be trapped in that design. 
we want to be able to go in there and bring in a new paint can and repaint it. Sure. And so sometimes what I've experienced in the industry of law and tax is they can end up pigeonholing us into a plan that doesn't work for us five or ten years out. And so what's really important in every plan we design is that we put in an exit clause. I don't like this plan anymore. I just get rid of it and I redo it. And so we make sure that that evolution of your plan can occur. And I only find, truthfully, that families maybe revise their planning every, say, three to five years. It's not daily. Right, of course. But, you know, every three to five years, somebody decides they're retiring now or they decide that they're going to upgrade their home or new grandbabies are born. Mm -hmm. So these kinds of evolutions happen, but they're not daily occurrences. So it's about about every three to five years we feel that we go in and repaint a bathroom. But we're not building the whole house again, thankfully. We're just tweaking to make sure it's accommodating the changes that have happened in both tax law and the family dynamic. And this, of course, is masterful planning on your part. But I wonder how reflective it is in, uh, of the general population. I get the impression that that uh, annual or biannual tweaking that you talk about, that uh, just keeping an eye on things, making sure the paperwork is right up to where you are, is something that not many of us do. No, and, you know, thankfully, Sterling, I'm... I'm glad to say that people don't do this on a Friday night, that they're actually doing something of interest and having a good time on their weekends. Um, but I do think once we start creating our estates and the stewardship of them, I mean, we worked really hard. We're not old money in Canada. We are new money. We worked hard for our money. I think we owe ourselves that, that stewardship of making the wealth we have work the most efficiently for us and giving us the most freedom it possibly can. Now, Sherry, I need to interrupt you for just a second here because the news is coming up, and I want to make sure everyone listening is aware of the next Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar in Vancouver. It's coming up soon on Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock. And once again, the venue will be the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel in downtown Vancouver. The date? Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock, Sherry McMillan will be conducting the seminar. All of your family members are welcome to attend. Sherry and company uh, encourage you to bring guests and family members to these events. Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel for the next McMillan Estate Planning Seminar. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Labor Day weekend. I'm Sterling Fox, joined by Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning. And just, Sherry, just before we get back to our conversation, let me just remind our listeners again of the next McMillan Seminar coming up in Vancouver in just about a month's time. Thursday, October 3rd is the date for this one. It'll go at 7 o'clock in the evening, as they all do. It will take place at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel on West Hastings Street in downtown Vancouver, as most seminars do. You will be hosting and presenting the situation for the evening, wine and cheese included. All you need to do prior to joining us, and, and Sherry will remind you, your family members are most definitely invited, but would be helpful to the staff and Sherry's team if you went to the website first to mcmillanestate.com and just register for the seminar. No obligation beyond letting them know who you who you are and how many people will be coming. So let them know you're coming to the seminar Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel. A little pre-registration goes a long way, Sherry, right? That's right. Um, we asked for the groups to, that are coming just to let us know the numbers so 
we have plenty of wine and plenty of cheese for them. There you go. Now, we were talking just before we broke for the news about uh, estate planning and in and, and terms of the changes in life and how many people in Canada, you talked about a 50% average just in terms of, well, the marriage and divorce rate in this country. There are, our numbers are somewhat staggering in terms of what happens in real life. And you were just pointing out that, Sherry, in a lot of our real lives, we don't have a lot of real organization in terms of our plans for ourselves, both today in our working lives and especially for after when we stop working and beyond. We are uh, underplanned to be kind, right? We, we certainly are as a community at large. And I think it's because we are new new money and so we've just been working diligently to create right now we are moving into a new phase in canada where we now need to protect what we've created so i call it outgrowing financial planning you're moving into the next level you've graduated now how do you steward what you've created and how do you protect and preserve it not only for your lifetime but often for a legacy for your loved ones and charities and so that's a different point of view because now you're actually endeavoring to grow the estate, protect it, but also spend it. So it's actually a more exciting time than the saving component. Well, I would think so. I mean, this is payback time for a lot of people who've worked hard to achieve uh, a bit of a, a, a pile of loot. And the fun part, one hopes, is the opportunity to spend some of that and have a little enjoyment in life. But also, part of the planning process, and I know you pay particular attention to this, you and your team at Macmillan Estate Planning, is to avoid... Well, taxes wherever possible. It's not nothing illegal about knowing tax law and understanding it and making plans accordingly. And then there's this whole matter in British Columbia, at least, Sherry, of probate. What is probate? And, and, and explain how one can plan around it. Well, particular provinces, and BC is one of them, have what we call a probate structure. And what probate is in English for those that are listening is it's the process in which you craft a will, so you write up a will, and then when you die, you do an inventory of your asset base, and you take that will and you take that inventory asset base to the courts, and you say, this is my asset base and these are my wishes with these assets, Mm -hmm. and we would like the court to say and approve that that can be addressed in that particular way. But before all that occurs, Sterling, what also has to happen is your values have to be sent down to Canada Revenue Agency to make sure that the taxation um, is ultimately paid before you can distribute to your family unit, of Ah, course. Ah, so the feds take their share first. That's right. And they are not um, second in line. They are very first in line. Okay. before you can distribute your estate to your loved ones, the Canada Revenue Agency tax burden must be paid, and then we can distribute to our loved ones. All of this takes a reasonable amount of time and workload and cost because, you know, obviously there's many components that go into this, and so most families will experience a probate for as little as the time horizon, maybe six months, but sometimes up to two years. And so this isn't a short window of time. The other problem is there is a lot of fee structures that are associated with it in BC. So everybody's familiar in BC that we have a land transfer fee. Sure. And um, it's to the tune of about 1.4% of the value of your uh, real estate. So you start adding up families, and in BC, families have high values in real estate. And so, you know, you have millions of dollars with this fee. Now, imagine if 
you design it so that everything goes to your spouse and you pay the fee. But then when your spouse passes, you pay the fee again to transfer to your children. That doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense, does it? Mm, but no, but the government loves it. Certainly. So there's a, a really fantastic way in BC specifically that we can design your estate so that you don't have to do that course load and workload of probate or pay those fees. And so many people are quite interested in that, of course. I would think so. <laughs> and it, it is um, not that complex, actually, to do. So in about 2001, Canada Revenue Agency allowed for us across Canada, not just BC, to build a very special kind of trust. And a trust is just a holding pot for our assets. And if you're over 65 or your spouse is, you can transfer your entire estate to this trust. It's not a taxable event. But what happens is it acts like a will, except you don't have to probate. So all of a sudden, you've eliminated all the workload, the court filings, all of that goes away, and the fees go away with it. And so it's a very unique opportunity for our families living in provinces like BC, like Ontario, where there are costs associated with probate and land transfer fees, so that we don't have to do that. So and if so, it, ah, so if you do this trust arrangement, uh, then it allows you to pass along your assets with uh, to your your loved ones, minus the taxation, because the government chooses in many cases to to see your assets that you're attempting to transfer as having been sold and then transferred, therefore making them taxable. This simply eliminates that step. Correct. That's right. And so what we're finding is what we do is a multi-generational plan. So we design it for the life plan of mom and dad because we hope they live decades into the future. So we make sure their cottage and their primary home and all these types of assets are there. Okay. And all their cash and different investments and so forth, their businesses. So they're going to use that, obviously, for lifestyle and into retirement in those years. And then when the second spouse passes... What happens is that becomes the estate plan for the next generation without having to go through probate and land transfer and all of that workload again. Uh-huh. So it really circumvents big problems. But there's one more real fantastic piece. And that is if your mom or dad predecease each other and they end up getting into a second relationship, we don't actually have to create a prenuptial arrangement because this is a prenuptial arrangement because it separates that asset base for the parent that's remaining, and they do not jeopardize it in a new relationship under spousal. Ah, so it's not a contestable thing at some future date in a court scenario. Correct. Uh So, you know, I, I call it Macmillan's dating service. But, you know, to make light of it, what actually happens is a lot of us children of parents that have done well in life Our concern is when they meet that second or third spouse, is that person in their life for the right reason? Or are they there because mom or dad are affluent? And that's a real ugly conversation, obviously, to even have with your parent or Mm -hmm. your parent to have with you, but it's practical and it's realistic. And so what is so nice in these situations is we have three plans in one. We have mom and dad are both alive. They're protected. Only mom or dad is alive. They're protected. Now, both parents are gone, the children are protected, and the grandchildren are protected. And we can do that all under one plan. And so you can see that actually doing good estate planning and proactive estate planning can actually simplify your affairs in your life. 
It doesn't have to complicate it, and it should do that. And not only does it protect everybody, it protects it from all kinds of risks. So the big one for our retirees today is obviously a second relationship. But another one that's really interesting is uh, snowboarding, because a lot of people go snowboarding, and in the United States, it's very litigious, and they sue us for everything. Sure, yeah. But if your asset base is in trust, they can't sue you for it. So now your retirement is safe. And then the third thing that is really important is I'm finding that because we're living so long now, a lot of people want to continue being in business at some level on boards of directors Mm -hmm. or, you know, active with their child's business or whatever it may be. Well, because our estate is held by trust, it's lawsuit and credit protected from any kind of business risks that we take on as well. So it's a very safe way to make sure the wealth we've created is going to be utilized in the way we had hoped it to be. And there isn't, you know, anything more valuable than that than making sure your life's work gives you the support that you deserve because it is what was supposed to happen. Interesting stuff. Now, Sherry, I would imagine, based on the success you've had not only here in Canada but around the world with Macmillan Estate Planning, that what has happened is you've devised these uh, programs for families, these trusts and other arrangements that have gone successfully through mom and then dad and then now it's into the next generation and they are the beneficiaries, of course, of that wonderful master plan in the first place. But then, as they create their own children and their own enterprises and expand, uh, Macmillan Estate is right there to pick up and devise a whole new arrangement for them. Well, it certainly has evolved in that way. Our operation has been going uh, for 24 years Mm -hmm, now. Yeah. And very sadly, I can say that I have, you know, lost a number of families through that period of time because... Most of us are procrastinators by nature, so we get a lot of people doing their estate plan in their 89th year. <laughs> and, you know, then we're working with the children very quickly. Sure. Um, but if we're working with somebody younger in 50s and 60s, now we're starting to see that group passing and the next generation taking on the affairs of the estate. And so what happens, though, is if you've built a very good estate plan from infancy, from the beginning... You're just adapting it to the next generation because we always try and build it very forward thinking. So, you know, you don't know who your grandchildren are going to marry and you don't know if they'll have drug issues or they won't. Mm-hmm. You don't know these things. So we just build it inflexibly so that when we get to that time horizon, we can adapt those rules at the time because then we'll know what's really going on. Um, and, you know, maybe they're married to the best people in the world and we're not worried, but maybe they're not. And so now we've built in that safeguard. So we always build in the safeguard and we can use it if we need it and we don't have to if we don't. And That's, so that gives us flexibility. Uh, yeah, only a couple of minutes left here, Sherry. Unfortunately, it's a tough question with such a limited time. But you mentioned uncomfortable conversations a few moments ago between parents and their children. And, and sometimes they're use the word ugly, but necessary, very necessary. How much emphasis do you place on family harmony as the root of part of your plan? Well, I know you know the Sterling Ever Company, but my whole driving force of the reason I created Macmillan Estate Planning and, and began it was that we had disharmony in our own family. And I wanted to solve that in the community because when you fight over money, it gets exceptionally ugly. Oh, you bet. And so one of our primary foundations of all the estate work we do is, is this going to create harmony or destroy harmony? And if we can't answer that it's going to bridge harmony, then probably it's not the right strategy. We need to keep digging further to find that solution. 
And I think if we all drive our plans from that position of harmony, then we at least have a fighting chance. And finding solutions and safeguarding significance is what Macmillan Estate Planning is all about. You can learn more from Sherry herself at her next seminar, which will be here in Vancouver on Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel on West Hastings Street downtown. Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock. Now, Sherry and her team would very much appreciate you popping over to the website if you plan to attend. Just zip over to macmillanestate.com and let them know how many people they should expect in your group. That's all you need to do so they'll be ready for you, you know, for the wine and cheese portion. Once again, Thursday, October 3rd at 7 o'clock, Sherry McMillan will present the next seminar on estate planning at the Marriott Pinnacle Hotel on West Hastings Street in downtown Vancouver. Pre-register at macmillanestate.com. Sherry, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for this. Thank you, Sterling. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.